Hi, welcome to Minutes with Mahoni. First of all, I wanted to say shout out to the guys who listen to me from Germany and India. I am really honored. It's beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so here's another episode and I hope it makes sense. Please send me your feedback as always. Email me or you can just send me voice notes. Also, if you prefer not to write or type. Yeah. I really value the opinions. Thanks to everybody who sends me opinions. Fam, like... But then, you know, sometimes it frustrates me, like when I share on social media that I want people's opinions and then they go like the post. I asked for opinions, somebody likes. It's just really frustrating. By school, the ones that send, I really do appreciate it. Shout out to one boy. I forgot your comment, babe. I'm going to, I'll find it and I'll read it to the people. But thank you so much, number one supporter. So, if you are not familiar with my nationality i'm kenyan and again if you're not familiar with what's been going down our country is currently a hotbed of sexual tension in the moment so our supreme court recently passed that the lgbtqia community has has been given their right to um freely form an association or that they can yeah something to do with association which is a human right now i was reading something on it and it said that the case has been in court for close to seven years now let's say six plus years to be on the safe side and now finally it's been passed so the country has been wacko about it the government is anti it but they can't challenge the supreme court because the supreme court answers to nobody as such brilliant decision actually um the church is livid i've not heard from the muslim community or rather i've been out of their space because i don't know what they're saying about it i've not heard from the indian community um yeah mostly kenyans are just livid about it and now there's been a series of killings also in kenya pertaining to the same issue so we don't know if they're related or not but kenya is currently very tense about it but i wanted to talk about it not because um I don't know i just feel like i have some things to say about it and i hope it makes sense if you really disagree with what i'm going to say please like share i'd like to know what you think my opinion is not fact but i do believe in presenting alternative ways to seeing something because my beliefs aside there's really one of the one of the gifts that human beings have is the ability to be objective we always or rather we seemingly put it aside when we feel that our values are under attack but i believe that when we try to be objective we're able to see a different side to it like personally i don't i don't i get why the decision is a rage for kenyans but i also get why the decision was passed because under the constitution if you are a human being a person and a recognized citizen of the country you are allowed there's a basic bill of rights that you are accorded by virtue of you being a kenyan and to deny that person that right based on sexual orientation whether that sexual orientation has been deemed to be illegal in the country now is where the law gets very blurry because whereas there's one side that alleges that this act is criminal there is the general fact that this person is a human being and they are allowed to form an association without being discriminated against like it's a felony to discriminate against them even based on sexual orientation and so i was having a discussion with people about that tension like the law the law cannot cover everything and so you find that those gaps in the law are now what allow 
that such kind of um what is it called laws can be passed because there's not you can't cut you, you can't stop them from forming an association even if you deem that what they're doing is criminal you get and that's what the supreme court ruled they did not state that that lifestyle is acceptable no they dealt with the matter at hand the matter at hand was that this community wanted the right to form an association that is what was in court it was not whether or not this matter is is moral because the law has no right to determine what is moral and what is not moral honestly they really don't because if that was the point then half of the country would be in jail as we speak because of corruption because of human trafficking because of of what is it called violation of human rights like let's not even discuss what the government does on the side you get so it seems quite hypocritical on my end that we are shouting about this but we are really quiet on certain violations like there's a time where people were being killed like guys who were involved um with the elections yeah guys were just disappearing you know see a commissioner why nini i may disappear this other one she was found murdered somewhere and those things are silenced But so how is it that this matter is causing so much outrage in the country? I'll leave that to you. So now, I'm a lover of history. I really love history because I like knowing what mankind has done. I find it interesting. It's like reading real-life fairy tales, yeah? Only that the human beings who do them actually exist. I believe that history is important because... It doesn't show us what our future will be rather but it helps us see how consistent humanity has been all through the ages that we are driven by greed we're driven by power we're driven by a greed for money because that gives you power that we like to one up that it seems like inherently we have this insecurity this need to prove that I'm better than you so I will do whatever I can to ascertain that I'm better than you now whether I achieve it through fame or I achieve it through getting babes or getting men or I happen to be the prettiest in the room or I'm the smartest in the room we all look for one way to up one another i believe that this lgbtq plus issue is is not actually as novel as it seems and that this issue is not really about sexual orientation as such because these people have been in Kenya I'm like okay my ears are not are not worth like I'm I'm quite young so but ever since I was conscious enough to know about sexual relations I have known that this community has existed in Kenya mm, I had a few runnings with when I was a kid with girls who are lesbians girls who are my age and i saw them doing things and to me it didn't it didn't click because i was not sexually aware but they did they used to touch each other and kiss and what not and for me it would be like okay me that's not my cup of tea so you do your thing but it's something that i know that has been there so i feel like this issue in this moment is not really about sexual orientation because this community has been here When I was in school one of our teachers I don't know if it was common knowledge or I assume it was because I heard about it but one of our teachers was allegedly gay and he used to have parties in his house over the weekends like I mean I don't know if people knew but when I look back I get okay that kind of makes sense now I start seeing the ones and ones what has me saying that this issue is is not about sexual orientation is the fact that first of all 
this thing had to go to court and when you get to court these are matters not to do with legislation and legislation talks about power because once you give them the right to associate then you open up a door and i think now this is why the church was out crying about it once that door has been opened you cannot shut it and it will be also hard to maintain it open at a certain degree yeah but what strikes me as very odd is the fact that these guys were able to sustain a court battle for close to six years you know if you if you have dealt with the kenyan legal system you know how expensive it is to have a court battle enduring for that long and one that the government is particularly against you get like you're having a whole government against you and you're filing and appealing to the supreme court because by the time you get to the supreme court it means that you started off slow and it was repealed repealed and then i kept appealing until you got to the supreme court but so it makes you wonder where is this community getting money to sustain a battle of that magnitude in the courts of law in kenya with all the face the persecution that they would face obviously because if you're out here speaking um outrightly about this thing people have been killed for that in kenya and so the, the moment that this thing got to the market that it did i realized like fam, this thing is not about where people are putting it because guys have been putting it wherever they have been wanting to for the longest time this thing is about power funny thing so i saw some some okay so I, I don't i can't talk about that it's too sensitive but for the longest time when you check out the 20th century history yeah because that's probably the most marked um example of what i'm about to discuss it was the battle of capitalism versus communism and the two most forefront powers who advocated for communism were russia known back then as the ussr and china and the countries that advocated for capitalism were now the westernized countries and they had like their own even association called nato and then the ussr had um what was the name of the ussr thing was it comic-con also was comic-con before the world war but they had their own also funny thing is that when you check even the what we call the security council in the united nations it is formed of five nations if i'm not wrong, five or six we have the usa we have britain we have china we have russia and we have france now this thing was formed like in the 20th century and it remains till date which is why russia could not be engiliwad by the un when they were doing what they have been doing to um what's this country called my god my brain that country that russia is currently attacking that's why they couldn't be repealed because uh say what was security council and they have this thing called veto power which means like if the other four agree on something and they don't they can veto that decision like we can just refuse it now you see when the security council is made up of like five countries and two of them are communist you see if china decides to back russia by virtue of having communist ideals then we have three against two those are two two nations in that security council who are vetoing the power and so for the longest time even these battles of colonizing countries it was a battle of ideology it was capitalism versus communism which is why the horrendous acts in south in korea in north what is it? it was in south korea the war in 1950-1953 the vietnam war 1969-1974 let's talk about the cuban missile crisis in 1962 um what is it called even the bombings at hiroshima and nagasaki the the uh the ballistics war that they had in the was it the 60s and 70s where they were trying to outdo each other with 
who could make the most missiles, even the, sp- the battle to get to space, it was all an ideological campaign. Like who could get the ideology where? Who could prove that they were the ultimate god in the Security Council? Even the Berlin Wall, where they had the wall that separated the, the Western side and the Communist side, and then Stalin was not taking care of his Eastern side, so guys were secretly moving to the Western side. It got to such a height that the the Western side started airlifting supplies to Berlin because to prove that they were more humane and that Russia was not taking care of its people. You get, it's always been a battle to prove that I am better than you. And now we have this thing where like, I think half of Africa owes China money because China has a reason as a global power, mostly because of their monetary influence, you get. And so now some people have called it neo-colonialism, what they're doing because they're spreading the ideology, not through ideology per se, but by building our roads. First of all, those roads are shit because those roads are already bomokain. So I don't know if Kenya has shit resources or what. Like, how are we going to pay for something that we are now in debt for and it's not even working? Like, I've seen some of the pillars in Nairobi, Zimianza, crumble. Like, nigga, what? But we owe them money. And now we have the opening of China Square. China single-handedly controls the world because they have money and the availability of China goods, like cheap goods. The USA is broke. Western nations currently don't have as much money as they used to in the 20th and back centuries. So what they can sell us are their lifestyles. Enter LGBTQIA. For the longest time, yes, there's proof that African some African countries have been practicing um, homosexuality for the longest time. It's just that we don't keep as many detailed records as the white man did. So they, they can prove that this thing has predominantly come from them or something like that. But it's not particular to them. If we go by the biblical history, Sodom and Gomorrah, like that area where they used to practice it near the Jordan, which is actually the Middle Eastern side, we can prove that this thing has been happening even in Eastern nations. You get, so it's not a Western thing. It's just that something that they're pushing right now. For the longest time, the United States has been colonizing the world through entertainment hip-hop culture, pop culture, um, why we're obsessed with the Grammys and I, if an, if an African artist gets a Grammy, it's a big-ass deal. Whereas the Grammys are just an award for Americans, but they sell it like it's a God thing, like you need, this is the ultimate attainance of of your artistic measure, you know, like Lupita wins the Oscars and we lose our minds. You get, but really, it's just a local thing where they export their movies and count that as a box office thing. Like if they blew up in China or they blew up in India, then they tell you that this movie opened up in this country at number one and this is how much it made. They make it look like everybody's importing American culture, but really they're exporting their culture. They have been. It's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's on WhatsApp. Like most of our social media apps are predominantly owned by Western nations, apart from TikTok. And soon enough, TikTok is going to have the influence of Western nations in it if ByteDance decides to sell it off or whatever. But this thing about the LGBTQIA is is one of the ways that Americans are not really Americans, but really these capitalism um, gods, quote unquote, are trying to influence Africans. You see, Africa is the only resource left in the world. We're like the only unpillaged in terms of having raw material. And they need to pimana and see who's going to control this thing. 
you get so we're a nation who is in debt to china but is borrowing heavily from western culture and if we don't toe the line in terms of human rights like allowing these niggas to get the right to associate then we face possible sanctioning and we cannot afford sanctions because we need to export our goods because we do not consume our own goods we've been taught not to consume our own goods so we export raw materials for them to go be processed at that we can buy them at a more expensive rate in our own country this is why they're letting us complain because you can be on twitter you can flood the the first of all you're causing them to trend because they're trending in Kenya then they're trending elsewhere they will let you argue because these decisions are not made on social media these decisions are not made by your government because your government is broke it cannot afford to have a voice on this matter because if they could the supreme court would not have ruled what it did these decisions are backed by people who have power people who have money people who own the cartels that can possibly shut down an entire economy and this is something that we are so unwilling to reason that the people who have power people who actually control Kenya it's not really the president even he is controlled by other people because these policies he cannot pass by virtue of the fact that he's in certain associations or in relationships with people who stand to gain from how things are which is why co- co- corruption persistently continues even when our ranking is high because that ranking does not affect him our own people are benefiting from the people who have the money who need their agendas pushed the church and the government can talk all, however much they want but rightfully so the church in Kenya is broke because if we had the money we could affect policy so i'm going to prove that for the longest time the catholic church when you study history the catholic church has been very powerful which is why if you check most nations have judeo christian values as part of the the law that they follow in their constitutions it's formed by the torah the 10 the 10 commandments if you will they feature somewhere so it's unlawful for you to sleep with somebody else's wife which is why you should not steal um I I don't know how they do cuz even even the when you study like why why being a homosexual in Kenya is an offense is they call it they actually reference it as a British colonial rule and the language they used there was the language used by apostle Paul where he said that it is unlawful for a man to lay with another man against the laws of nature like literally the quotation itself is from the bible you get so when the church lacks money the church has no voice all we can do is complain because nobody is obligated to follow judeo christian values like fam you're not going to come to my house and tell me that what i'm doing is a sin because if i want to sin i'm going to sin and if i'm going to be devil's advocate for this point the fact is that your god has been slow to execute judgment whatever you claim to be judgment we cannot see because Sawa you're going to claim Sodom and Gomorrah were killed but that's like over 4000 years ago how is that my business is the same thing that makes people so um unaffected by what Hitler did in the 1900s when he killed off 6 million Jews in the second world war like in between 1914-1945 when he killed off 6 million Jews right now it's not really a problem to us in Africa because i mean we're first of all we're untouched we're not Jews second we didn't live in that period So to us it's just like stories and so the church keeps pushing that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed but what happens when I'm a person who does not care for your god who does not care about your god 
why should your voice matter to me so you lose credibility and then the second thing is that you don't have money to affect policy where are the legal practitioners in the faith honestly where are they where are the people pushing for human rights human right activists what does a christian human rights activist actually look like what do they do yet and then again we lose the moral ground to speak about this because we do not speak about corruption as much like where has the church been when they're talking about corruption when we bring these same politicians in our churches to run their campaigns when they pay us off so that they can get five minutes of pulpit time this pulpit that you call that is so holy this altar that is now allowed to have people like that stand there i don't believe in this whole pulpit thing but we allege that it is holy so why are they standing there where where is this outcry when a human being loses their life not really where they put it is none of our business chiloba was killed in one of the most heinous acts of physical violence we have seen this decade and the church was quiet about it why because we are secretly hateful like let it be said we were happy it happened or we kind of like ah he got what he deserved because we don't shout as loudly when men of god molest children we don't advocate that they should be put in jail we do not advocate that they should be denied they should be stripped of that collar that they claim is their call from god when men of god are stealing church funds we don't advocate that they should be pulled out of the leadership but for the first time the church and the government are going to collude to shout so heavily about this matter again our government is just as broke as the, as the church we can't afford to pay off this chinese bill that we have for our roads yet we have people in kenya who've studied public work so what makes a chinese road builder better than a kenyan one if we really wanted to not be in debt then why can't we export our people to go to china to learn how to make roads bring them back to kenya and build our own roads so that we don't have to owe another government money i think for this particular matter that the collusion between the church and the government is very sus it's just mad sus i could be wrong but it's mad sus Also I remembered that when Obama came to Kenya he tried to push this whole LGBTQIA thing and it was shut down. Ruto, in fact President Ruto was one of the first people to shout about it and it was on the papers. But since Obama left and now in Ruto's time, President Ruto's time, now we have the some people would call it progress like now we are making progress and still he's saying the same thing that this thing will not be allowed in Kenya. Yeah. dot 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 so let me find out something first before i say it okay so i just googled it honored to mention a member i don't know if he's still part of the cnn community but there's this reporter called um anderson cooper so he openly came out um of the closet like he's gay in 2012 the funny thing is that he's part of the vanderbilt family now if you if again history The Vanderbilts are one of the wealthiest families in the world. And Anderson Cooper is proclaimed to be one of the most prominent American journalists that we have in our time. Yeah. And then I don't know if you guys will remember there was a time when Richard Quest came to Kenya and he had an interview with Reverend Kathy Kuna and that thing. Oh my god, the church went livid because how can you have an interview with a gay reporter? 
but how are those two things like even things worth mentioning in the same sentence because Richard Quest his sexuality aside because that's a part of him is a reputed journalist and this feature was important i think they were discussing business i don't know what they were talking about but this was a really good interview because Kathy was inherently being given access to Richard Quest's influence because he was going to share that interview and so she had the opportunity to push whatever agenda she wanted to push as a believer as a pastor as a woman in leadership she had that opportunity because of that interview but we reduced it to the fact that he was gay so now let me ask you a question if your kid was out of school and there came out a gay person who wanted to take them to school would you accept that money or would you refuse it if you were hungry if you're not eaten in like 6 days and a gay person came to you female or male and they wanted to buy you dinner or even to to pay your rent for the whole 6 months or 3 months or 1 month would you refuse their money on the basis that it is from a person who is homosexual would you re- refuse services from a bank let's say you walked into a bank and you didn't know this person was gay but later on you find out that they were gay would you refuse the services that they offer you based on their sexual orientation would you like is that a thing that we're going to do now that because you're gay I'm going to refuse whatever expertise you have to offer because you're gay at what point do we become like Christ You know like if you're a Christian this is not for you. Like the Bible openly tells us that this guy is always with sinners. That will include homosexuals because in Jesus's time they were there. Because you have to you have to remember that the Greeks and the Romans were one of the most homosexual communities that have ever lived. Like those people were in it, in it through and through. So part of the sinners that Jesus used to sit with involved homosexuals. So why are we so concerned about keeping our garments clean that we forget that part of our call is to go and relate with them? The Bible was clear about his last instructions to the church, go ye into the world and make disciples. We were not told to go and slut shame them. We were not told to go and refuse their services because how else are you going to go into the world if you're not going to mingle with the world? Mingling did not mean that they're going to affect us because why are Christians so bothered about keeping our garments clean as if we are the ones who put those garments on ourselves the bible says that in the end it's christ who is going to present us to himself a bride without spot or blemish it's not your good works that keep your garment clean it's not where you sleep that keeps your garment clean it is the work of god when you are doing his work it is his job to keep you clean he guides you he strengthens you He grows you into the kind of person who can be in an environment where you're tempted but you remain standing which is where Reverend Kathy could be in an interview with Richard with Richard Quest and not leave the interview lesbian because her god has empowered her to be able to handle such a conversation maybe we should be having discussion that Christians are not really convinced about the salvation that they got from their lord which is what makes them so scared of sin and so scared of people who live alternative lifestyles to them where we now resort to bullying antics and emotional manipulation because we are so scared that they will tarnish us you see when our ambassador goes to france like let's say our ambassador to france he's not worried about becoming a french man if he's calling jean or doluo 
he's always going to be Kalenjinotuluo. Why? Because that country is not his native. He's not obligated to speak French. In fact, when he goes to conversations, he's allowed to have an interpreter to interpret to him what they say in his language. He goes there as a representative, not to go there to be culturally influenced by them that he forgets the nation that sent him there. We have been called ambassadors of Christ. Our job is to go ambassador, like to represent our country, our 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 origin, our originator. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but we're supposed to go represent our views, our lifestyle, our cultural values in a different space, realm, time. But why are we so concerned about bullying people and shaming them and being so hateful? Our Lord didn't do that. Even in the face of evidence, like when that woman was caught in the act of adultery and she was brought, you know, it's so significant that Jesus did not ask that woman what she did. It was the other people, the accusers, the ones who are righteous, the ones who are pushing the law, who bothered to tell Jesus what she did. He didn't ask her. He asked her, where are the people who are accusing you? Like, hey, nigga, they're not here. And it's like, neither, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. No discussions about what she did because that was irrelevant. So why are we so focused on that? Why is the church so obsessed with where people decide to put it? We seem to not be as concerned when men of God are sleeping with the flock. We, in fact, we reinstate them back. When a man of God opens up about having um, issues with porn or being a thief or being a wife beater, we're willing to forgive that. Because culturally, we have been taught that some things are more acceptable. And so if it's acceptable, then we're going to accept it. But really? Really? Really?